Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. Exciting episode of the, this robot. The name of the show is Robots <laughs> After All. My name is Tom. And I'm Andrew. And today we're talking about a, a topic that is very important and I think it, we're going to have a lot to say about it. It's either very important or not important at all. Yeah, it can go either way depending on your outlook and what your opinion is. So the topic is physical media is dying it's dying off it's been a long time coming or a short time coming depending on how you reference time in this world in this life <laughs> but yeah physical media i mean it's changed a lot and love it or hate it we're here to talk about it and what better place to start than when we used to go to anime crash on the weekends and go pick up a new vhs see what they got for vhs tapes and the and accidentally buy the Japanese version instead of the English dub. Yep. Oops. Now I can't know what they're saying. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's like our pastime, right? I mean, we grew up, we've experienced the internet. We grew up recording songs off of the radio. I don't know if you did that, but you put the cassette in there. Record oh, yeah. your favorite song. I remember recording Weird Al and some other offspring and whatever else. And, you know, I mean... It was just a fun thing to grow up doing and now it's just exploded to the point where if you want to listen to something you just look it up on youtube yep and it's yeah, you don't even really need spotify like everybody goes after spotify but um i don't i don't personally use spotify half the time if i want to listen to an album i'll plug the album into youtube search and it comes up with a playlist yeah of that album. so it's um even something like Spotify, in my opinion, is kind of obsolete if you're if you're already using YouTube. Right. And I think like the bigger topic here is, you know, owning your own stuff and rely, having to rely on a streaming service that is connected to the Internet versus the new direction of the world, which is you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Oh yeah, the the Schwab guy who dresses like an evil supervillain from the eighty <laughs> yeah. from like this. I mean, that is like legit where we're where we're headed. Like, yeah, our society is like being um, kind of pushed in that direction where it's right. you know it's much more um, in style to you know be minimalist and you know not have things and just use streaming and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean. I, I guess uh, obviously with the shelf of games that I have in the background, I, I have, um, you know, I'm probably more of the opinion that I like the physical media over the digital media, but I do think there's a convenience factor that, um, you know, for someone that doesn't have a lot of space or for somebody who let's say wants to try a bunch of games, or maybe they don't want to commit to buying certain like artists and music. They want to kind of try to like see if they like stuff before they, they buy it and then only buy the stuff that they really, really like. Um, I think that there's kind of a, a, a use case for the digital, but I think that there's something to be said about having a piece of physical media, whether that be a movie, um, a CD or, an, or a vinyl album or a game where you're holding it, you know, you could let somebody borrow that you can, um, you know, with CDs, I remember when we were younger, like we would literally sit down with the CD case and like, like read the lyrics or like, check out the album artwork while we're listening to it or, 
you know, know all the track listings. Now it's like, even if I'm trying to keep track of what songs came from what albums from certain artists, like it's getting harder and harder to remember because you don't experience the, the songs, you know, together on an album. It's kind of like, Oh, I like this song or oh, I like that song. And you're kind of like sporadically listening to them through searches or Spotify or whatever. Yeah. I remember being very excited about album artwork and be like, oh, what are they going to put in this one? Are they going to include the lyrics or they are not? Because a lot of, I always used to love when they include the lyrics so I can kind of figure out. I mean, I know uh, Green Day, that was big with Green Day because half the time you couldn't even understand what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to yeah. look it up. And that was always a cool aspect of it. And it's also just cool to see what they're saying and follow along with it. I remember using to listen to it and just read along every now and then. I mean, it wasn't like a huge thing I would do all the time, but that was part of the excitement. And going to a record store, like we grew up with Newberry Comics. I mean, there's obviously the staples that some of them have turned into other names like FYE, Four Year Entertainment. That used to be Which, Record, record well, Town. Yeah, so it was Record Town, Coconuts, Strawberries, and Saturday Matinee were all the same company and they had various I think I don't think they were always all the same company but eventually they kind of went on but under all the umbrella and then all those stores just became FYE yeah strawberries I think that was like a New England thing too as well wasn't it no they had them in New York I know that well that's not New England New York isn't New England that is not New is North kind of... Northeast I guess yeah it's Northeast that's not New England um but yeah, going there and just experiencing like buying a CD just for the sake of buying it, like an album you've never heard of, like an artist you've never heard of before and checking it out. We used to do that a lot. And then you, you even notice it even in like when CDs were still popular, it started to slowly stop doing that because it just wasn't, it was kind of expensive and you're just like, okay, now you can just look up something and, oh, there it is. It's there, there to, uh check out before you buy it i think at that point i've already kind of plateaued like a lot of the music that i like from bands well, it's, also, it's also diluting right because yeah i remember i remember thinking about this as a young like as a young musician like if you thought about the days of like beethoven or bach or mozart like people used to have to actually physically go in person to witness a concert to witness them play it live because there was no you know, or witness someone playing that music live um, because there was no recordings. And then as soon as recordings happened, you automatically brought a convenience factor. You automatically changed the way that people experience music. And there was kind of pros and cons along with that. That kind of idea has become exponential now where it's exceptionally easy for people to make music. It's exceptionally easy for people to access music. And therefore people don't really finding, it's like, you know, it's the same thing like how when we were kids, we were like nature appreciators and we would be like, you know, super, um, you know, blow, blown away by a really cool tree or something like that. And then other people just look at it like it's just a tree. They're everywhere. Like they're not, there's no reason to kind of like stop and really take a look at this. I like trees. So you do like trees. Um, so, you know, I think that there's that aspect of it where it's become more readily available. So they, you know, so you're, you're kind of desensitized to it. Oh, big time. Um, and then on top of that, the ownership idea of it, you never really, I think that it kind of, um, the new kind of change to digital kind of, there was an illusion of owning something 
that you technically didn't own anyway. Like the, the rights to something kind of were always in the hands of the distributor or the, you know, record label or whatever it is. And same thing with games, right? It's like they're lending you the software to use. Like on PC, you used to put a code in. If you didn't have that code, then you didn't have the software, even if you had it on a computer kind of thing. So I think some of it was like, you know, it's always kind of been that way. And now they're just kind of taking more control over that situation by, you know, taking it back to video games like xbox not allowing you to play a game if you haven't um you know followed the drm protocol and gone online with the disc even if you have the disc you still have to go online um to actually be able to play it um there's well that whole situation the whole situation that happened recently with um there being an outage and you couldn't access the microsoft store you couldn't really access much online and you couldn't play any games people couldn't even play games offline because they have to recognize that through the internet that you own this properly i'm not sure how any of that works it's mystifying to me how um but it, it's insane that even if you own a physical copy of an xbox game you cannot put it in and play offline that's just absurd and now it's like kind of like the steps they're taking now when they're this is like it's like baby steps because now you have they're releasing systems that are digital only so clearly they want to move that way and with game pass becoming you're able to stream game pass games or on your phone and potentially anywhere now and all these all these like practically abandoned streaming services like stadia and amazon like i don't know who's using amazon gaming um stadia was pretty much dead in the water when it came out yeah i think that they actually shut stadia down already didn't they it's still there but it's kind of like a rebranding and yeah there's still it's still there it's just it's just not very relevant mm. and i don't know they had put out like a like a public service announcement about it and just talking about, Hey, we're still dedicated to this platform. Um, so I don't know, whatever. I own one game on there and that's that, uh, well, no, you don't not anymore. Not when they shut down the servers. <laughs> yeah. Once that's shut down, it's gone. But the heck is that um, game? The one I've mentioned to you, the, um, it's like that over third person view game. It's like a detective. Oh, um, Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium, yeah, the dialogue, yeah, that game is pretty amazing so far. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it's one of those things in general where the, the, the majority of the population can see like three foot in front of them, three feet in front of them, you know, and they're like, okay, this is fine for now. But you, you mentioned that it's kind of like slippery slope or like it's kind of the, the beginnings of like something like these companies, they have, you know, 10 year roadmaps they're they're dictating our future for us and they're releasing a little bit mm. that they feel like we can handle or that they can get away with little by little mm. um you know and i look back to something like xbox 360 and the amount of control you had over how you you know how you manage your save file how you managed your updates like how you manage your hard drive versus you know all that stuff like you had a lot more control over and that was even you know at the time, it seemed like you're like kind of handcuffed by comparison to consoles previous to that. Now it's like you can't even play a game on, on Xbox Series X or Xbox One without updating it. It's like at least on PS5 or PS4, 
it's like, hey, we got an update file. Do you want to start the game without it or do you want to wait? Like they give you an option and you're like, oh, you know, you can either cancel it or you can do whatever you want. But on Xbox, it's like, no, you legit can't play this game unless you go offline. Then if you go offline, depending upon the situation of the game and how long you've been offline, you may not be able to play it <laughs> because you're offline. <laughs> yeah. So it forces the update. And if you only have, you know, an hour to play or two hours at the end of the night to play and it's like, well, it's going to take the updates 90 gigabytes you're like okay like one of the gears of war games that happened to me with where i was just like okay fine i guess i'll update it and then it was like the update is 90 gigabytes i was like i don't have time for that like what the hell and i had a physical copy of the game so that's kind of another concept altogether, right is like even if you have the physical media what you have on the disc for games is not the actual game anymore anyway because <laughs> it's always day one patches and then there's always dlc and yeah. you know it's just it's kind of actually borderlands yeah. borderlands is, is very bad with that yeah they're awful with that and and the elder ring even is doing a lot of changes they're talking about how the map has been changing and like and evolving or they're adding stuff to the map which is just in one aspect it could be cool if it's like adding more to the game but it's also like what is even an original game anymore like where do you right <laughs> because that game has yeah. already changed so much and it's only been out like i don't even know like a few months a few months yeah i mean and that's one of the reasons why i kind of race to get stuff play it right away mm. because i am afraid of that concept where like it changes so much like i i was actually very lucky that i bought overwatch day one and i got to feel like that that feeling of that game in the first like year that was incredible but it changed so much after that first year it's like not even the same game anymore. Yeah. So, and apparently yeah. Overwatch 2 hasn't changed much either. I've been hearing some thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly going to play it, but um, I don't know. I think that, um, you know, like we said at the beginning, like there's definitely pros and cons to the whole digital thing, right? Like the fact that they have, that game developers have the ability to make updates to games, to potentially add some additional content, um, to take, you know, community feedback and incorporate it. It's certainly not a bad thing, but it can very easily be implemented in a poor way. Mm. And I think that the thing that really kind of bums me out is there is something special about having a game collection. You know, like I have yeah. some original Super Nintendo games in the box and it's like you have a little piece of history. You know, it's like here's all the manuals it came with. Here's all the, you know, the box artwork and like the, the hokey like sales pitch on the back, you know, um, yeah. that tells you a little bit about the game. Like all those are kind of um, cool little moments in time that you kind of that are that are encapsulized in a in a physical copy um, and even down to like the packaging that they were using you know or um, you know the old game guides and the xbox 360 games like like the elder scrolls had like big thick books or like bioshock had like a big thick like instruction booklet um, there's just something awesome and special about that and i think that um I think it kind of just plays in not to get like too deep into this, but it just plays into the fact that we're just we're moving toward a society that just moves so fast and appreciates so little that it's like that that concept like doesn't lead to a good place. Like if you're not actually able to stop and appreciate things, like we're gonna be living in, you know. Well, what people appreciate, we'll live in a we'll live in a de detached reality of yeah, detached and disposable. Yeah, and of, of people who are obsessed with uh, six-second clips on TikTok, or people right. making faces like, uh, 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 
but I mean, the memories that we hold are very precious because I've, I mean, to experience the way we grew up and it's, I mean, it may seem like, like, I just feel like we're very fortunate to have experienced it that way because we got the full yeah. gamut of like Nintendo all the way up until now. We've got to I see know. from the beginning. I mean, even like Atari, like arcade, like going to an arcade was incredible. I used to love going to arcades. Um, and just the fact that like I'd go to a friend's house and I'd bring over Crash Bandicoot because he doesn't have it. And now right. I can bring it over to him and, or we'd sit down and play Resident Evil together and he'd watch me play and we'd get excited over the, like going around a corner and a zombie coming out. We'd both be able to share that experience together in the same room. Um, or just going to like package stores, like we said earlier, and just looking at stuff like Best Buy doesn't even sell CDs anymore that I'm aware of. And their DVD collection is just like shrinking by the day. It's just yeah. turning into like two, two little aisles. Yep. Yep. And like Newberry Comics, a popular um, Northeast record store. I mean, they barely have any CDs anymore. And their comics section is stashed in the back and they're focused on um funko it's all like funko which is which is also like a counterpoint which is interesting although a lot of physical entertainment media like 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 music and movies vinyl and action figures are frigging exploding and i mean also records that was another thing i wanted to bring up but it's just insane that action figures are huge right now like hasbro and um mcfarlane are kind of leading that i know McFarlane is kind of like not the best and then but also like the high-end brands like Hasbro. <laughs> Hasbro makes junk too in my opinion I mean, well yeah Hasbro I, I think and I guess that's a personal preference where I, I prefer Hasbro over McFarlane's articulation but just the fact that I'm saying that is kind of weird like I prefer Hasbro's art, action figure articulation like what are the freaking <laughs> yeah. nerds well, they they marketed you know we grew up with it because I actually thought about this somewhat recently because I was thinking about like, well, you know, what about like our parents' generation? Like their toys were like, they had tin toys. They had like, mm. like goofy things, right? Like we had Ninja Turtles. We had He-Man. We had stuff that was like cool and that you would build an emotional attachment to. Like they didn't have characters that they, you know, grew an emotional attachment to and then had like the action figures of. I mean, so maybe some extent you had like G.I. Joe and like, Maybe they had like Dukes of Hazard or like, you know, um, right. Batman or something like that, like here or there. And then I think a lot of those people, I, I do know, you know, older people who are really into Batman memorabilia or, or something like that. But I think a lot of the toys were kind of unbranded, like here's a cool toy for a kid, you know, and during the 80s and 90s, it was like this boom of mm. just really, really cool toys that we all got really kind of hooked on and like to this day i mean granted you and i are an exception because we're like mega dorks but um yeah before that it was like army men and cowboy in india cowboy right. indian toys that like die cast metal though and like exactly made in the usa <laughs> they're all in landfills they've never they're indestructible um, <laughs> exactly. melted down for bullets to be used in world war yeah exactly well that's a, that's a whole other thing too right it's like i feel like um there were some harder times you know for, for that generation so it's like the focus of of your life then just becomes okay like how do i survive versus like yeah. we've been in a fairly um even though there has been war like we haven't been directly affected by it so i think that um we kind of just um held on to childhood a little bit but 
Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Funko Pop things are are physical media that um, you know they're usually movies or video games or something that like people want to have some kind of like um, physical representation of something that they like. So maybe that's kind of like the that's where like the scales are trying to balance, where it's like um, people do want you know not just yeah. a digital experience, and that's kind of how they're getting it. But mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I really want people to be aware of is that like if you own something digitally it can be taken from you yeah like there's very few ways that you can own something truly digitally because you're always going through um some form of centralized storage for that digital ownership you know and that's like the that's kind of one of the differences that is going to you know be revolution revolutionary for cryptocurrency is that like you'll be able to actually own your own digital property by having your own kind of receptacle that can store the digital um, assets in a, in a blockchain. So if we get to a place where like, hey, you wanna download a video game, you download it and own it through a blockchain, now you could actually hold it in a cold storage wallet and actually own it yourself. And that actually might be kind of a cool idea because then it's really up to you to make sure you know, you know your seed phrase and everything to be able to actually access the, the assets that you own. But when you're going out hanging Sony servers to get that, and then Sony servers go down, or they just decide, hey, you know what? We're not going to have DuckTales anymore. We're just delisting this. So like now PlayStation 5s that have DuckTales or PlayStation 4s that have DuckTales like sell for like crazy amounts of money because you can't get that game anymore. Yeah, um, it almost becomes like an NFT. And that's yeah, hard. On, the, on, the, on the console. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that's a cool idea of... of, of uh, a future way to own stuff properly in that yeah. sense in that regard and there there is like it's kind of interesting since I, I know you're not on social media anymore but it really has shown how many collectors are out there collecting um physical media and it's pretty awesome i follow some people and it's just their collections are insane and it is cool to have i mean if you have the space and you enjoy it i mean more power to you exactly and <laughs> i i i tend to lean like in the middle like i don't consider myself a collector but i like to buy stuff that i really enjoy and want to own so there are certain games that i know ghost of tsushima was one of the purchases i know i'm going to love this game so let me own it that being said i've never been it but i did love it and uh now we're married so <laughs> Yeah, I do that too. I mean, I've definitely gone a little overboard with game collecting because there was a phase during PS4's like heyday where I was more into, I want to buy the important games, not even games that I just so want to play, but I just want to have like kind of like a historical record of like all the great PS4 games. Mm -hmm. And I've gone back and I've collected, um, you know, I feel like I have all the Wii games that I really care about, the Wii U games that I care about, the GameCube games. Um, I've kind of gone back and like grabbed key titles um, because it is kind of more of a collecting, uh, you know, it's more of a collector's kind of mentality than just like a player's mentality on it. Um, but if I were looking at it solely from a player's mentality, I do think that it's cool that you could basically keep your entire library. Like there's a part of me, like I have so much stuff. I, I have collectibles everywhere. My closet behind me is like filled with toys and, you know, stuff that, I haven't looked at and you know since I moved kind of thing um and there's a part of me that like 
fantasizes about living in like this really clean cut, you know, space that has just like a TV and a, and a, you know, a box that just has all my games in it and all my movies and everything can just be like streamed from that. And everything's like, you know, there's not clutter everywhere versus like how I live now, which is every square inch of this room is covered in something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I do think that there's, um, there's value to it. I just also don't like the fact that um, these companies that are going this, you know, this digital direction, they're taking away your opportunity to have your own property. That's like what it really comes down to. Like this is, this is investable. You know what I mean? Like I have sealed copies of Skyrim that are investable. And if you bought Skyrim day one and you downloaded it digitally and it's on a hard drive, no one gives a shit. Like in 30 years from now, when people want to buy Skyrim, they're not going to go and buy your console that has the downloaded version on it. Well, except gonna... people will do that. Remember when the Flappy Bird, the app, got canceled from... So there was this app called Flappy oh, Bird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People were buying the phones, right? Yeah, yeah. A better example is that Silent Hill demo that... Oh, they Yeah, they removed that, and people were yep. selling their consoles that had it still saved on them. So there is that... That is a thing that can happen. <laughs> but it has to be 100% digital for that to be true. Because those were 100% digital. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. So if there's a physical copy out there, then people are going to go after that. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it is a good point. I mean, that's what I was kind of getting at with DuckTales. Like, well, that's yes. the thing but they, I, there actually are physical copies of DuckTales. Because I actually own one for, for I think it's DuckTales. Wii DuckTales. Yeah, it's basically the, the remastered Nintendo game. Yeah, I've always wanted to play that, but I, I don't know why I never played that because I loved the original Nintendo game, especially that moon level. I screwed because it's really hard to find. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I think I feel like Nintendo is one of the few companies that still really loves physical media because they want people to still be in the same room together and enjoy that experience of gaming in the same room. They love catering towards that experience. Um, so that's something they're, they're still kind of holding on to um, for as, best, as long as they can. And then you have Game Pass and Sony's now trying to do their yeah, a new rebranded thing that's like seems a little bit more confusing than it should be. But I know I've gotten a lot of use out of Game Pass. So Yeah, I, do th I think that it's... Um... You know, like most things in life, a mix of both is probably like the best path, right? Like, because, mm. but I guess it also depends on your goals, right? Because like, if you're the kind of person that doesn't want a lot of clutter in your house and you don't care about, you know, investing in games for the future kind of thing, then more power to you. Like, only, only download. Um, what I don't like is that the, the sale and distribution, I'm sorry, the manufacturing and distribution of games has a, like a massive cost to these game developers. And when they're pricing for digital download, there's no discount um, in most cases. So they're still charging you $70 for a new PS5 game like Elden Ring or $60 or whatever it is. I, I think some of them are 70, some of them are 60. Um, and I feel like that'll get carried into the future that like, it's not like we're gonna have this massive you know, discount on games in the future because they're not producing them anymore. So you're going to be kind of losing two things. You're going to lose the collectability and you're going to lose some of the value that you're getting because you're paying more for it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I still have my PS3 and there are games on there 
that I don't think you can get on the newer PlayStation on PS4 or not. Because they're old, they're like old PS1 games. And I don't know if PS4 still sells those or not. Um, um, I've heard recently that their PS5 is like looking to open up a bunch of PS1 games um, where you'll be able to like rewind and stuff on them, which is kind of cool. Oh, that'd be but Yeah, but that's exactly it. It's like you're at the mercy of whatever they decide to offer. Like, remember when we came out, I downloaded a bunch of N64 games. Um, and then it's like, you have to wonder, like when, when Switch came out, they didn't have those N64 games. And then when the way that they do it now is like, you have to have an online subscription to be able to play the old retro games. So it's like, well, I just used the Wii that has those games, you know, downloaded on it. That reminds me of like the Nintendo DS shop is closing soon. All those games you will never be able to find again. Any of those games that are only digital, there is no way any unless you have them saved, like and you're able to like hack and download them, like those are gonna be gone. So if anybody wants Nintendo DS games from the online shop, you better get ready. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's what it really comes down to is like people don't, that's what I was kind of started to get into is like people don't look to the future like that. Like I feel like as I've gotten older, whenever I like buy something, especially of like a lot of money, like, like, a, like a game console, it's like I want to make sure that in 20 years from now, if I want to go back and play a game on this, it'll still work. And I actually worry about that with something like Xbox One. Um, yeah. Because if you don't update it, then it gets bricked, basically. You just can't use it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's then, the case because you have an extra one that's bricked, right? Yeah. So, like, what happened? which I could, you know, I could basically solve it by updating it. But what happens when those servers are no longer available or it's not being supported anymore? And I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen. Maybe Microsoft goes on to continue to rule the world and, you know, it's on forever for our whole lives. Well, that's the other interesting thing because it gets to the point where, I mean, as long as you have internet and internet exists, you're, you're and those companies and exist, then it's not an issue. Because I feel like once you lose the internet, then there's probably something other, something other that's serious going on, you know, that's probably going to. I have thought about that. I've thought about the fact that internet is, you kind of think of it like electricity nowadays. Like mm. everybody has it. You need it for things to work. The difference is, is that electricity doesn't change unless it's, unless, <laughs> unless you're having some kind of fault. Mm. Uh, but like, you know, you don't, you don't need like to make sure that a specific plant is up to give you the specific type of electricity for the specific device to work. And I feel like that's the difference between the internet is like, it's not just having the internet, it's making sure that these companies are keeping their servers up with the correct information to allow you to have access to what, you know, what you need to be able to use it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the reality is nothing we can do about it. The market is going to dictate what happens here. I think that, um, I think that there are companies like Limited Run that are making games oh, physical. Yeah. I've heard about that. Digital only versions. Yeah, that's um, kind of cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, PC all these games are like PC games don't even exist anymore, do they? It's all like Steam or downloading yeah. from the website. Same thing. You're going through a client of some kind that you know you're relying on the client to like host those games. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm not sure how Steam works, but I mean. I don't know if you can play those games if you're offline or what. I don't know. Um, I think you can play them offline, but 
maybe not maybe not maybe you still have to log into your steam account i don't know i remember looking into that and being like i don't really like this it's not really for me hmm. yeah i'm not sure about gaming that. in general i think is like very overrated what is pc gaming i think it's overrated uh, it's like yeah i mean once you i've been in this, the console and we have like less than a minute but i've been into console so long that it's kind of like that's my thing well it's the way the market like focuses so these developers optimize all their games for console so whenever the pc version comes out it's always broken so then you have to wait like a year until after like or some you know some amount of time for them to actually fix the pc version yeah um, except for cyberpunk which apparently so yeah except i was saying um unlike cyberpunk where they showed footage from the pc game and then when they released it on console it was like trash so they were kind of tricking people in, by showing them better footage that wasn't even like finished yeah. yet. So yeah, they um, I don't know. I feel like some games certainly can run a lot better on PC, but it's just not really where game designers seem to be putting their focus from a development perspective. They they seem to get you know the money seems to be in the consoles, so they seem to prefer those. And now consoles are getting so powerful that they kind of are, you know, starting to get on par with some PC stuff. I mean, you, you even have like some settings available on xbox series x and ps5 um, even ps4 pro when it first came out like they started making you know you could adjust the draw distances and resolution versus performance and some kind of minor settings but um yeah, and plus yeah the fact, sorry go ahead i was gonna say and then the fact that you just don't really have that many physical copies of pc games nowadays oh, like i don't even know if they exist anymore i think it's just the collector's editions that come out yeah, I guess there are, yeah, I guess there are like CD versions, but I feel like you, I never see them in stores. Yeah, very rarely. Um, Best Buy, Best Buy has like an end cap of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, crap, I forgot what it was going to be. Oh, I was going to say, plus PC games, PC, to get like a good gaming PC, it's like insanely priced. It's like you got to spend thousands of dollars, two thousands even. To get a really nice PC, it lasts like less than a console's lifetime, you know. So, and they're like, yeah, I get it. I mean, you, you a lot of times you're getting better graphics, better stuff, but then it like fills up so quick, too. Unless you're getting like really going out of your way to like spend money on this elaborate setup where you have like insane terabytes. And, but yeah, you got to spend a lot of money in it. You got to constantly keep up with it every you know little while and. You know, I just, I don't know. I just don't think you're getting a, a truly superior experience. You're getting some things that are superior, sure. but, um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's just being like, so into the physical media, PC is just like not a great option for me. And back in the day, back in the day <laughs> when PCs were first coming out and we were into them, I was into PC gaming. My brothers kind of, um, I kind of fell into like their because they were really into the PCs and I was following their footsteps of gaming because they were buying games all the time. And I mean, obviously, I've experienced Doom, Quake, all the Quakes. And those are iconic games. And it was so fun. It felt like you were hacking. You put in the CD and you have to go to the MS-DOS prompt. Yeah, you have to like, you're like typing in the line code. Yeah, Typing in the code. You're like, yeah, CD slash run or, or yeah, yep, yeah. Slash run. Yeah. install and then it's like brrr. everything was dot exe for execute yep yeah that was always really funny oh fun to play and like mist and all those like point and click games 
And of course, even before that, there's those games that were on like the Commodore or whatever that those really old ones well, played. The ones the ones that I remember like first ever computer games were like Where in the World is Carmen San Diego and Oregon Trail and on oh, the Apple yeah. TV. Yep. And the uh the game where you could like you punch in like the coordinates and the turtle would triangle turtle would draw lines. Like that. <laughs> I don't remember that one. You don't? I, I feel like whenever I at bring this up, nobody remembers it, but it was an old Macintosh game because our our middle school had old Macs. And they always had like a math math games and then like Oregon Trail. And then there was this other game that was called like Turtle Line or Turtle Art or Turtle something. So basically it was basically like a triangle pixel art. And you input like, okay, I want you to go this direction. And you're putting like XY coordinates and stuff. And you're just mm-hmm. putting it in. Then you want to see how long it goes. And you could like break it so easily by putting the number as high. And the turtle's just going forever. Like, <laughs> direction in the computer's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> it's, it's trying to catch up to how many lines the turtle wants to draw. But that's all it could do. It, it was just a friggin' turtle drawing, like shitting out lines of like stuff. It's just like so weird, but you were just fascinated by it at that time. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm sad I missed that one. Yeah, that was that was a funny one. Yeah. I gotta find some footage of that. I know somebody has to have it. Was the math game Number Munchers? It may have been. I don't remember the name exactly. The little guy where when you'd find the answer, he would like eat the number up. It was like a little green guy and he would like munch the number up. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. I think that might have been it. I remember something like it almost looked like almost Donkey Kong-esque. And the numbers were like you put them in and then like they would collapse and on each other. I don't know. I could be making that up, but yeah, this was, I remember this as being kind of like a grid. It would have like, here's your problem. And then you'd have to like grab all the prime numbers and then you'd have to have him go and munch all the prime. Right. Yeah. They're already telling us what our problem is back in the elementary school. Yeah. school. Here's your problem. Here's your problem. <laughs> just prime. I remember making board games. That was another assignment back in school, early school days. So you're making your own physical media. It's very mm-hmm. impressive. So what do you stand? I mean, what do you think? Should we just let it let the physical media die out and who cares? Or yeah, I mean, you I, you know we've had conversations about this in the past, and I think I'm fine with it for the most part. Um I don't know. I definitely am I'm kind of in the middle of the road. Like I want there to be physical media, but I also am okay just like streaming stuff or downloading stuff digitally. And I, I want people to have access to both. And, and I'm sure there are ways they can do that where say, hey, I mean, we really don't want to rely on mass producing stuff. Maybe they can just, you could just order it and then you pick it up if you want one. And they, they it's like made to order. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of silly, but you know, who knows what they'll do in the future. I mean, I, it, from the looks of it, they want to get rid of it. Um, you can just tell by the, the signs on the wall well it's it's interesting you mentioned that because there you can do that with books you know there are certain books that um there are companies and i'm, I'm going to draw a blank on one of the company's names uh where you can basically just be like here's this book that isn't actually kind of owned by anybody um i want you to print me a copy of it um so maybe that will we'll get there with certain you know um maybe there will be like a print to demand model for physical games at some point where 
that's worth their while for the marketplace that still wants them versus trying to guess what that volume is and you know only giving GameStop eight copies of a new game and if you didn't pre-order it then they make you feel bad about yourself <laughs> yeah seriously and maybe it'll all just end up in a library one day and that you'll have to go there to get all your physical media hey people support your local library donate to them they want your stuff uh, if you don't know where to put it I know, I think on one of the later episodes, I was talking about a library that had like newer games and stuff. I thought that was pretty neat. Like you could go and play like a semi-new game and borrow it for a week or so. Um, but anyway, yeah. And then they even have, <laughs> libraries are even going digital. I mean, you're familiar with Hoopla? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, you can get books on there. You can get music on there and movies. So and comic books. So I, I was reading the Bloodborne comic book I mentioned, um, which is very good. And then some other stuff like The Last Ronin, which is a new comic book, but you can, I'm able to read it on Hoopla and they have it on all the new issues, which is kind of neat. That is neat. Now I don't need to spend all the money collecting and like having a bunch of stuff on my shelf. But you'll never reap the benefits of it potentially going up in value someday. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that is, is kind of cool about that type of stuff. But I'm also, I'm just kind of, I'm over it in a sense, because I'm just like, oh, what am I going to do, you know? Collect you it all. Money, I get it. <laughs> you I don't want money. money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, to, to wrap up, my my take is, I do feel overwhelmed with the amount of physical media that I have. There's a lot of it that I don't even care about that I will potentially need to cull out of my collection. Um, but there's also stuff that I have that I'll hang on to just because it's worth money and it will continue to be worth money in the future. And at some point will be, you know, lucrative to, to potentially sell. So right. um, I think that there are, you know, I think that it's very easy to kind of scoff at like, Oh, having a bunch of shelf of a bunch of stuff or whatever, but, you might have be able to store a lot of value in a very small space, you know, that maybe it's not worth anything right now, but, you know, uh, if you hold on to it for 20 or so years, um, it could be very valuable and you'd be like, you might be kicking yourself. Like every generation has like, you know, our parents did with baseball cards that are worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars and, yep. you know, comic books that they were like, Oh, I just, if I just held on to this, you know, I think yeah. video games are going to be like that for this gen next generation because it was the primary thing that everybody loved. I think Switches and Switch games will be, I think you'll see them be even more valuable than original Nintendo games in the future just because again, like these, like when we grew up in Nintendo games, like we had comic books, we had, you know, collectible cards. We, we were super into like playing outside and biking and, you know, street hockey and all kinds of stuff. But like, kids that are growing up with switches like their entire existence is around like Fortnite and you know, switch games you know yeah. so um i just feel like there's going to be a lot more nostalgia attached to that as as time goes on when those kids grow up and get tech jobs and um have all the monies to become digital warriors yeah in the in elon musk's future of early the metaverse yeah, we'll all live and eat and breathe in the metaverse. I've been wanting to go to the metaverse. They have fast food joints now, Wendy's and Burger King, I think. 
Really? So you might see a video on my uh, video game channel of me going to Wendy's in the metaverse soon. <laughs> the most interesting place you can think of to go in the metaverse, a place you can't. <laughs> it's like an infinite number of like fantasy worlds could be created in the metaverse. Oh where, like, anything is possible and you're like, I wonder what they have at Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, I've made my own actually, my own world. I haven't, I've put a couple videos, but I need to do like a full video of me just exploring the world I created. I made like a samurai world and yeah, so. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up there at some point. Cool. Good night. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up. So thanks That's everybody. It. We'll see you next time. Have a good night and peace be with you. Take care and stay strong and uh, see you. All those things. All right. Bye. <laughs>